Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. Joining me today are two amazing parenting coaches, specifically as it relates to health, but other important aspects of parenting as well. I've got Chris and Sherry McNally joining me today on the mic. Welcome, you guys, to Live on Purpose Radio. Thank Thank you. you Thanks, Dr. Paul, for having us. We're really excited to uh, talk to your community. Hey, I got to be on your mic last time. Yes. You're putting together a summit. Now, a lot of people are going to be getting this episode of Live On Purpose Radio after the summit actually airs, but you're doing a summit for healthy parenting. And as I had the honor of being a guest for your summit there, I realized, you know what? We're working on the same job here, assisting parents to do the most important job in the world. Would you agree with that assessment? I definitely, we definitely agree with that. And, and the challenges from the health standpoint really stand out so much. That's why we ended up working with parents. Um, if I can just go into some of our background and Sherry will talk about hers. Yes, please. T- tell us a little bit about your story and how you got here, because that'll give context to what we talk about as we get into this conversation. The- so really what happened is um, Sherry and I met out of college. We were working for a health club chain. We were going to change the world working with health clubs and helping with people within that environment. And Sherry's degrees in nutrition, my background um, was in the whole athletic training and um, sports end of it. So I was like, geez, this is a perfect fit. Until we got into the health clubs and we found out that They didn't really want us spending our time doing that. They wanted us to sell memberships. And that was Uh, the goal for them. So probably three months into working together, we started our first business. And what we did is we took our expertise in fitness and we started training high school athletes. Now, this is kind of common now, but um, 30 years ago, this was not common. (laughs) So we were one of the first people out doing that. During that time, the superintendent in the town that we were working with came up to us and goes, Hey, our kids in the elementary schools cannot pass the fitness test. He goes, can you help us with that? And we, we were saying, yes, but yes, we had but we no idea we how we were going to do this. <laughs> so we go, geez, there's gotta be a lot of information out there. And there, there was really, nothing. there was nothing. <laughs> so what we did is we spent eight years crafting a program And you'll love this one, Dr. Paul. What we ended up doing was, since we were a for-profit and a non-profit, and it was an after-school program, we were like, these kids don't have to be here. So how are we going to motivate them to get excited about fitness and and taking tests that they failed numerous times and felt really bad about themselves? And we're like, because if we don't get it right, we don't get paid and we won't be in business long. Right. So, So what we did is we created a program and Sherry will talk about it in more detail. But after time, 
and we did the testing and we we're doing the fitness and the kids were so tired. We're like, boy, this isn't keeping them motivated. So we said, what if we reverse this and the incentive isn't the physical and it isn't like sports where you're, you make a goal or you, you make a basket, you know, you, you get points. Mm-hmm. We said, what if we incentivize the emotional aspect of it? So we took it in a social concept and we basically took kids and said they were moving around and we'd say, hey, great job, great effort. You picked up five points for your team. We separated them into teams. So the competition became for social skill development. And what came out of it is we ended up creating a curriculum and we trained PE teachers on the East Coast for a couple of years. We were able to take kids in six weeks. We had them twice a week. And we, they were pat, the passing rate, I think fitness-wise, was 20%, 30%. We had it up to 75% in six weeks. And wow. on top of it, we had sixth graders We had up to 70 kids in that class at the same time, ranging from ages of five to 12. And we also took kids that were labeled special ed at the time and brought them into the curriculum and they had mass success. So that's kind of where we started, but then it's morphed a lot since then. You've discovered some things that actually allow these kids to experience a higher level of of health and fitness, it, it's interesting. Anytime we're working with kids, it's always in the context of, of what their world is. And the parents have a whole lot to do with that. Yes. Mm-hmm. I know you guys have honed in on that a little bit too. And, uh, and how to help parents help their kids. Right. Exactly. Well, what we found uh, after working with these kids, at the end of the six-week program, we would do a family night. And we would have the families come up, and they would actually play the games. We did a lot of cooperative-based games, and we would do um, healthy snacks. So a lot of these parents, they would come up, and they would be like, for the first time, moving physically in a long time. And their kids were actually able to interact with them, you know, in a physical fitness environment. What we found, though, is that um, there was only so much that we can do to make a change with these kids. With and, the household. Yeah, yeah, with the whole household. That it all really comes down to, you know, the parent. And so that is what kind of led us more into the family um, approaching it through the family uh, health coaching way. That context is really important, isn't it? That as, as we try to help kids, having some kind of an impact on the world that surrounds them, the context where they live, their parents. And Sherry, you're saying some of these parents hadn't been moving. Right, right. right. Which gives a little clue into why the kids weren't. Yes. 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 And when you kind of looked at it with the kids, we would ask the kids actually quite a bit when we were running the programs and before we moved to working with families, uh-huh. you know, how active we'd actually ask them, all right, when you go home this weekend, you get points when you come back. If you get your family active, if you go out for a bike ride, if you, you know, just get out for a walk, if you do this and, and if you teach them something about food that we were teaching them, and they would come back and we say, how'd it go? And they go, 
they go the first week or two is like, okay, they were into it. And then as it went on, the parents were less and less involved, you know, because we understand, you know, parents are stretched with time and, and really trying to make change and deliberate change that'll last. It it takes a specific, um, how should I say it? Almost, they have to have a plan in place. And so many parents have failed either with an exercise program or diets because, you know, dieting is a 95% failure rate that when they go to do it with the kids or implement something in those same aspects, it's, they're kind of shell-shocked already and they're not, you know, up for the challenge sometimes. Yeah. I, I, I was just thinking, Chris, as you were sharing that as parents, it's easy to, to get overwhelmed mm. and to have everything that is on our plate come crashing down on us and, and feel like, oh, and I'm also failing as a parent because, you know, my kid is inactive or unhealthy or overweight. And I think as we have this conversation, I just want to make that acknowledgement to you parents out there who are listening right now. You're doing the best that you know how to do. Mm-hmm. And as you know better, do better. But you don't have to make this huge leap into something that's totally different from whatever it is you've been doing before. Chris, I'm hearing you talk about small, incremental changes that over time can make a big difference. Be more active over the weekend, for example. Mm -hmm. Choose a, a bike ride or a walk together as a family instead of watching that television program for example. Now that's not a huge thing, but these little things over time can make a big difference. And I think you guys have seen this in your programs. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. You know, really, I think the confusion, especially when it comes to exercise and diet, they, so many people think, all right, I'm eating this way so I can lose weight Mm. or I'm going to exercise. So my body looks better and that's the benefit I'm going to get out of it. What they're not aware of in both of those cases is the mental benefit of exercise. And, you know, exercising in the right way is stress reduction. It's, you can do it in a way where it becomes meditative if you're doing yoga or you're going for a mind, you know, you're walking in a more mindful way. Mm-hmm. So that's actually the biggest benefit, but they, and so when they're stressed, and, the, you know, the child may say, hey, let's go for a walk. They're like, that's another thing I have to do versus it could be just something, geez, this is actually more for me than it is for the kids, you know. And, and I want, we want parents to look at things in a more selfish light. They have to take care of themselves mm-hmm. first. They have to become aware of their beliefs and everything around what we're presenting and then make the change for themselves then they can bring it to the family. It's, it's an awareness, it's an, a process to bring awareness first. Sherry, I see you agreeing with this. I, I think moms in particular have, have a challenge with that idea sometimes about taking care of themselves because their heart is so much in caring for their children. Dads do too. Uh, but have you noticed that that's uh, an area of challenge, Sherry, as you've worked with moms in particular? 
Oh, definitely. I think the biggest thing I try to teach, I've, I've done a lot of health coaching specifically with moms as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm actually a nutritionist is my background and I've had many years as as a nutritionist as well. So I've worked in a few different uh, capacities uh, in the fitness and nutrition. And what I found is that I think what moms have to understand is that your child is looking to you as the adult example of what they will be someday. And it's important that they start to um, take care of themselves and become that example by, it is, it's putting themselves first. And I know mom's probably like, I can't do that. have to do that. You have to start preparing foods that are healthy for you. For you. Yeah, for you. You have to get out and become active with your child first and foremost for you. (laughs) So I think those are the, that's something that we try to express to moms and dads too. Yeah. You know, the whole belief that they have to sacrifice, um, comes, you know, comes into play a lot when we work with moms because right. they're like, I, I, I have to do this for my child and this for my child. And as Sherry was saying, you know, if, if they spent more time working on themselves, because this is more up your alley, Dr. Paul, but I was always told by therapists and stuff, people that we've worked with and talked with that many times when they're trying to work with people with their issues, it's taking a look at their childhood to see where it originated. And it's no different with health, but we've just never focused on that. We focus on, you know, some mental challenges in relation to emotion. But when it comes to health and wellness, it's, you know, mom and dad said, my my parents were back-a-day smokers and, um, and we didn't eat very healthy when I was a kid. And I had to make those changes for myself and so he had he had really no example there um ideally i mean he just happened to you know become health conscious on his own Mm. but that's how kids are that's how kids are going to learn is knowing them absolutely as we come back from this break i would love to get some coaching from the two of you about some of the practical applications of what we're talking about. Folks, this is Chris and Sherry McNally, the healthy parenting coaches here at Live On Purpose Radio. We'll be right back. Are you ready to take your positivity to a whole new level? I've been enjoying these conversations with my guests at Live On Purpose Radio. My own story about becoming more positive is something that I've shared in my book, Pathological Positivity. And right now I'm giving the book away. You just pay for the shipping. Go to drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, and click on the big orange button right there that will get you a free copy of my book. You pay the shipping, I'll pay for the book. Sound like a good deal? Power up your positivity and get ready to see phenomenal changes in your happiness, your relationships, your business, every aspect of life. Enjoy this free gift from me. 
drpauljenkins.com. And we're back. The Healthy Parenting Coaches, Chris and Sherry McNally. I'm so glad you guys are here today. Oh, we're glad to we're be glad here. glad to be here. Isn't it exciting to work with parents and to provide them with some practical ways that they can actually take this to another level? Chris, before the show, we were chatting a little bit before we actually started the recording, and, and we were talking about how parenting is such an important job, and you said something about and it's one of the, the most important jobs that you never get any training for. Exactly. Well, actually, it's worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> because we don't get any necessarily good training. Right. But we do get trained. You know, Sherry, you were commenting about how your example as a parent is what will train your kids. And even if we mean the best for our kids, but we don't take care of ourselves, we're training them to not take care of themselves. Exactly. Whether we mean it or not. And so we've been trained and taught and educated by our experience, our programming, our own parents mm -hmm. in ways that we then naturally implement or pass on to our own kids. So I just thought I'd make that acknowledgement because now as we do this on purpose and we try to, to shift to a more healthy form of parenting and you guys are talking about health in a very literal sense too. Yes. Uh, th there's some practical things we can do. I'm going to turn, turn it back to you for that. Where can we go? to take some steps that, that will help us as parents to, to have a much more healthy approach with our kids. Well, you know, I'll start it off just, just to mention over the 30 years we've been doing this, what we like to focus on, and then we can kind of give you some skills in those areas to get started. Now, everybody always wants to, every parent, everybody um, from the fitness industry and everything, they always want to focus on food first. So Sherry's going to be taking over in a minute, and she's going to work in that area. But the first thing moms always want to know, how do I get my child to eat vegetables? How do I meal plan so I can get a meal done in 20 minutes when I get home from work, when right. everyone's famished and they're, yeah. you know, everybody's you know, hangry and just yelling at me about it? So there's that side of it. So we always like to guide parents and help them in that direction first. But there's the other parts of it that we talked a little bit about. There's the family fitness, right? Kids need to see the parents moving. And it would be great a couple times a week if they move together, you know, with tag games and different things that they can do. But seeing the parent moving, because what happens to kids right now, sports, by the age of 13, 85% of kids have left sports. What we're doing as a society, we're taking kids and sticking them in a basic um, a, a program because kids aren't in the neighborhoods anymore. They aren't out playing. Mm -hmm. They aren't learning from one another. They're not challenging themselves with one another. And the parents aren't going in the backyard as much anymore to do stuff. And, of course, there's a digital distraction. Yeah. So what happens, we put the kids in an environment that they end up labeling not fun anymore. Number one reason kids leave sports, it's not, not fun. fun. Uh, because fun. It's, it's adult directed. 
They got adults telling them what to do. This is the biggest thing we learned running our programs early. We took the direction out of our hands. We put it into the kids' hands and just made the environment safe. It thrived. That being said, if you know, um, with the Healthy Parenting Summit, um, if, if we end up bringing it back for a second run, parents will, that are listening to this will be able to see it. No, they can go to the site and sign up. Yeah. So there's that part of it. Then there's also something that's really important, which is mindfulness. Um, we were teaching mindfulness back in that program 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. We couldn't tell parents that it was meditation or mindfulness. And we did it because the kids were so wound up at the end of the program. Parents are complaining that the kids were going bonkers when they got in the car or on the bus. Oh. So we would take them through a full relaxation. body relaxation yeah, techniques. simple. Yeah. And we taught the kids to do it at night so they could get to sleep. So there's the whole mindfulness approach that parents need to become aware of for themselves because I hear this, we hear this all the time from parents where they're like, my kid can't tell that I'm, you know, that, you know, I'm anxious about our money situation. They don't hear us talking about it or, you know, that I'm worried about their grades or this and that. They yeah. don't understand that we reflect and we show all our emotions and kids are picking up for them. And I, I think you would agree, right. Dr. Paul, that that kind of comes across in that way. So we kind of guide them in that way. But the biggest one, and this is, I think, a challenge for dads just as well as moms, it's their relationship with food. Mm-hmm. And yes. that's where it gets to be trying. And this is where Sherry really has excelled our program because she's created more of a step-by-step approach to introduce healthier foods and deal with your emotional issues maybe as an adult with food and how not to pass them on to your kids. So I'm going to pass it to Sherry to kind of go a little bit more into it. And Chris, thank you for for teeing that up because the, the mental side of this, the mindfulness, the where we're coming from, our activity levels, all of that creates, creates the context in which the food becomes a much more relevant conversation. Right. And, and we can't really exclude any part of this. There's, they all come together as, as a holistic kind of an approach. Sherry, your experience in nutrition and putting together some practical programs to help parents with this, to help them help their kids, yeah. what can you share with us? Well, I'm going to actually share a story that I think demonstrates what I, how I help parents when it comes to nutrition and healthy. Uh-huh. So one mom um, in, in our community had shared with us that her daughter, who's 10 years old, um, had started rebelling about you know, her food and she wanted to eat what she wanted to eat. She was, you know, wanting basically foods that are, they're just to preface, this mother is very health conscious. Um, And she feels almost to a fault because it ends up being more of a food police type issue. But what she was finding is that her daughter was very, becoming very rebellious, kind of a preteen, you know, I'm going to eat what I want when I want. And she knew that her daughter, when she's out with her friends and everything, she wants her to start making healthy decisions outside the home because when they're in the home, she has, her mother has control over what she has, what kind of food coming into the house. So the first and foremost, I tell moms, your 
your job is to provide healthy foods to the family. You bring healthy food into the house or whatever foods you feel you want your family to eat. Your child's job is to choose which foods go on their plate and how much. You, from then on, you don't want to say a thing. And I told this mom, you know, and she knew this and, you know, she's, she's a very, very, very health conscious mom. She's really um, on the ball. And when I told her that, she goes, I know, I know. But I said, the biggest thing is you don't want to talk about food in a negative way. You don't want to point out um, that they're not eating certain things. You don't want to tell them that they have to eat all their food to get dessert or they can't leave the table if they're not going to finish their, you know, clean their plate. Um, the clean plate club, get it out of there. You know, it's, it's worth, it's not a good thing to um, bring into your family. And uh, you, you want your child to be able to make their own decisions about food. Once they hit that, you've got about 10 good years to work on that with your child. Once they hit that, I would say 10, 10 years old or so, yeah. 11, 12, they're on their own. They got to start making their own food decisions because they're going to be outside the home with their friends a lot more. And peer influence is right. going to become very um, important to them. And they're going to learn, well, you know, we eat certain foods when I'm in my house, but when I'm outside my house, I could pretty much eat whatever I want. So that's when the child has to start to kind of look to the example, like we talked earlier, that the parent has set over time. And you know what? They're going to eat outside of their normal, you know, the normal meals that they eat at home. They're going to. What they're going to find, though, is they may not feel so good <laughs> or they may feel like, it's really outside of what they're used to and it's not comfortable. So right. what I told this mom is, you know, in a nice way, I said, you got to back off. You know, you got to just let her figure it out. You provide the healthy foods. She makes the decision about what food she eats and how much. From the menu of what you've provided as a parent. Right. And that's where the power is, what we provide. I want to go back to something you said earlier, too. Do this for you. First and foremost, you mm -hmm. have healthy food choices available for you. Right. And that becomes naturally what you're going to share with your family and, and make available to your children. Um. Sherry, you said a couple of things that are going to make it a little hard here because our programming is clean your plate. Yeah, yeah. Right? I, think, I know I'm saying things that are kind of, you know, opposite of what we all grew up with, you know, that, you know, they're starving children, they're starving children in China and all That's that. Right. And their food, you know, and just don't be ungrateful. Um, but you know what? It's setting up patterns that a child will have, you know, for the rest of their lives. Right. And we want them to have healthy relationship with food. And that begins with them being able to have the opportunity to choose what kinds of foods go on their own plate. And it becomes a lot less stressful for mom at that point, you know, because you're usually guarding and you're like, mom oh, did you her job. Yep. She brought the food in. 
That's it. And it, it it's <laughs> challenging for a lot of parents because you want your kid to love everything that you make, right? You start cooking healthy. You start testing out new recipes. Kids go, oh, this tastes awful. And yeah. I can, we both have been there you know, when we come, we're like, oh, I just spend all that time doing it, you know, and the kids shoot you down. Yeah. Um, one I of the don't other, like this. <laughs> yeah, I don't like this. I want the other stuff. And that's why it's really important. Another thing that Sherry does a lot with it is always make sure there's something out there that's healthy that you know they like. So there's something yeah. for them to eat at that yeah. meal Definitely. when you're testing out something new. And, um, and the deconstructed meal. So don't expect your child to like a casserole or anything that's all mushed together. Yeah. Ideally, when um, my kids were young, we have three daughters that are grown now, but what, we, what I would do is something called a deconstructed meal. Basically, instead of putting everything together in um, a soup or a casserole or whatever, I would tend to break things up. So we would have vegetables, we would have the, uh, for example, if it was tacos, I'd have the taco shells. I'd let them pick how they want to put their meal yes. together. And that was a lot of arguments were, you know, avoided yes. <laughs> by doing that. I want to come back as we're wrapping up to, to the summit and some of the resources that you're offering. And really quickly, one of the tools that I've used that um, catches kids' attention, at least, you know, when you get this, I don't like that kind of food. It's okay for you to say, that's all right. You don't have to like it. Um, now, and do it playfully, okay? Because what we're saying is it's not required that, that you like everything we're doing as parents. That's not necessary. We're going to do our best to provide healthy foods for you. Whether you like it or not, it's totally up to you. Um, but a lot of parents break down at that point and they cave in and they go get the food that the child likes tends to be high in sugars and carbohydrates and fats because those things are tasty, right? Mm -hmm. But not necessarily healthy for us. It's, I know we could get into all kinds of conversation about that. I want to make sure that people have a way to connect to the good work that you guys are doing as we're wrapping up today's conversation You've uh, provided the Healthy Parenting Summit. You've got some other resources available for, for parents. Where's the best way for them to connect with Chris and Sherry McNell in the good work that you're doing? Um, well, we, our website is sherryandchris.com. And Sherry is spelled S-H-E-R-I. I always have to kind of throw that out there. <laughs> it's a very different good clarification. Point. And Chris with a C-H. Yes. Yep. Okay. And um, we're also on Facebook. At, um, it's actually Chris and Sherry on Facebook. Instagram at Sherry and Chris and Twitter at Sherry and Chris. And Lots of ways to connect. Yes. And in the future, you know, with because we'll be doing the summit yearly, it's the healthyparentingsummit.com. Wonderful. And you have sometimes questionable guests. <laughs> <laughs> like Dr. Paul. guests. Yes. Thank you so much for the good work that you're doing to support the conscious parents that are listening to this show. We certainly appreciate all that you're doing. 
We had a great Thank time. You. Thanks for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. You guys have heard it, and hopefully you've had some ideas that Chris and Sherry have shared with us here today. It's time now to go implement that and live on purpose. <laughs> <laughs>